Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my amazing, magical human being co-host with me, <laughs> Gina Warfel. <laughs> I should call you every morning. We should do this every morning. You really should. Like, I would love that, actually. I have Gina Warfel with me. And you guys, today we're going to be unpacking blood sugar regulation. And she's kind of an expert at it. And her Mastering Blood Sugar course is coming up, which I highly recommend if you have hormonal issues, weight issues, inflammation, you have brain fog, you have low energy, your hair is falling out. Like you should take this class. Everyone should take this class. There isn't a person that shouldn't take this class. So we're going to unpack a little bit of blood sugar today and why we need to understand it and really how it really is the beginning of the web of like your health and your body and how your, your metabolism works. And so Gina, tell us, Take it away. Tell us how you got into, like, how did you become a blood sugar expert? (laughs) Well, I became a, a, I would say a blood sugar expert because it really started with my own health challenges Mm -hmm. and was so interesting about blood sugar, which if you're like, what exactly is blood sugar? I don't know what it is. Like we can dive into that, but what is so sneaky about it is a lot of the time we have blood sugar issues that you don't even know. They're like completely silent. And you're having like these crazy blood sugar spikes and then it starts to get worse. And then you have like these subtle symptoms, right? And you're like, oh, that's weird. Why do I have food cravings or why do I have low energy? Why can't I lose weight? Why do I have brain fog? How many people have brain fog, right? It's insane. Then you get subtle symptoms and you're like, oh, that's weird. What's going on? And then if it continues, then that's where we move to disease, Mm -hmm. right? That's where we can end up with like cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, all of these that are related to blood sugar. And so there was a study that just came out that people with higher blood sugar dysregulation have a higher chance of getting certain breast cancers. And Mm -hmm. so like, and it's, it was a very strong correlation. And so, you know, blood sugar, insulin, insulin affects every receptor, like every cell in your body, every single cell is influenced by insulin. And so when you have dysregulated blood sugar, all the cells in your body are affected in a very negative way when it comes out of that homeostasis thing. So you were saying before we started recording that as a dietitian, you didn't learn about blood sugar. You guys just, it was calories in (laughs) calories out, right? Like the very archaic of like what the human body works like, which is Absolutely not true. Tell us that. It's so crazy because blood sugar is like the foundation of what I teach. And, you know, you and me both, like we don't like giving people restrictive diets. But what I think is so helpful is having knowledge of a framework of like, how does food impact what's happening inside of our bodies? And then you can make choices and you can build healthy meals. So when I became a dietitian, they didn't really talk about that. They were just kind of like high blood sugar equals diabetes. And once you're diabetic, you can eat the same amount of carbohydrates as long as you adjust your insulin. And that's what we were taught. No one ever really talked about like, oh my gosh, if someone really does have this high blood sugar, here's how we can reverse the damage that has been done. And you can, like you can reverse the damage. And 
so what was so interesting is I left school with all of this <laughs> knowledge, right. About calorie plans and stuff. And for some reason, after a while, like I felt like my health, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before that my health was starting to get off track, but in really subtle little ways, right? Like my body just slowly, like my weight was like slowly creeping up. And I was like, this is weird. Why is my metabolism slowing down? And then my hormone imbalances just kept getting worse and worse until my menstrual cycle was completely gone. And that's when I was like, it just stopped coming. And I was like, man, this is a sign. My body is like, something is really wrong. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I wouldn't have even thought really there was an issue. Cause I, I eat healthy. I'm a healthy person. I'm a, I know nutrition. I'm a dietitian, right? I've got the master's degree. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so at that time I actually was a dietitian for a health spa and that's what really opened me up to this world of like so much more than just calories. And I was started going on this search for like all these different clues. And right around that time, they're like, we're going to send you to all these conferences. So you have more knowledge and you can stay ahead of health and nutrition. And one of the conferences, the seminars that I went to was by Apex Energetics, which you and I are a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And the chief scientist, Datis Karazi, and he was teaching, it was a functional endocrinology conference. Was he teaching you guys? Like you met him, you saw him in the same room. Yeah, he was, he was, he was the out. teacher. Oh my God. He's so, so smart. He is, he is so brilliant. He's oh. wicked smart. Some he's a neurologist like over like Beyonce. And I'm like, you saw Datis in real yeah, life. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, thing. that's him. Yeah. He's so <laughs> smart. I don't really like fan out on people, mm-hmm. but he's very straightforward and he tells right. it like it is, you know, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. And he's not afraid to say like, you and I, I think have a lot of respect for him because he knows mechanisms inside now. So and that's well. what I want to understand is what is happening in the body on a molecular level and why? And he can mm-hmm. explain that. So I went to this intense conference on functional endocrinology about hormones. How do we actually fix hormone issues from the root cause? And what was so interesting, we learned about progesterone and estrogen and DHEA and cortisol and testosterone and all these different hormones. And I'm like, this is going to be everything that I need because I'm having the worst hormone issues. My hormone, my menstrual cycle won't come back. And what he said was the pillar of fixing hormones is balancing your blood sugar before you do anything. He's like, if you're giving your patients hormone balancing supplements and you're not addressing their blood sugar, you will fail. They will fail and they'll be frustrated. And I will never forget. He said, until you fix the blood sugar, you can't fix anything. You can't fix your thyroid. You can't fix your hormones. Your body will not release weight. You will cause damage to your blood vessels. Like you can't correct any issue autoimmunity until the blood sugar is stable because that blood sugar, if it's up and down and up and down, you're constantly triggering inflammation and you're not actually properly fueling your cells. Right. So that was huge. That was really huge for me. And I was like, what? Well, and of course, everyone has hormonal issues because we all have like, maybe yeah. I shouldn't say all that's a blanket right. statement, but like the majority of people have blood sugar dysregulation because a hundred years ago, our ancestors had about, I think like five tablespoons of sugar all year. And we eat 125 pounds of sugar throughout the year. And so like we are supposed to only have about 26 grams of added sugar a day that the average American has between hundred and 125. So we are yeah. like 
four to five X the amount of sugar we're supposed to have. Like our bodies weren't biologically designed to consume that much sugar, which is well, why. Go yeah. Ahead. Oh, I say the other crazy thing too, is like, I was also eating really healthy, but I didn't know about blood sugar. So I was mm-hmm. eating in a way that was healthy because I had this knowledge about what foods are healthy, but I didn't really realize anything about balancing blood sugar. And I, because of that, I didn't really understand my body. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like, because a lot of people are probably scratching their heads and they're like, well, you're eating healthy. How can you eat healthy and still have blood sugar issues? Yeah. So here's what I think was happening. I was trying so hard to follow the standards of like, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do to be healthy or to lose weight. Cause I really wanted to get back in shape. And what I think I was doing was when you eat just too much carbohydrates or glucose alone, what ends up happening is you eat the carbs, maybe like your banana or something, and you top off those glucose stores as glycogen, right? In your liver, in your muscle. Once that is full, then it spills over to storing fat. And we have like unlimited amounts of fat storage. And when we just keep eating like carb-based foods or carb-based snacks, we just keep refilling that glycogen tank. Mm -hmm. So what I think I was doing was eating healthy stuff. Like I might eat a banana and then I eat an apple and then I'd have some popcorn because it's low calorie. A lot of carby things. Mm -hmm. Because it's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to completely avoid these foods, but you can do it in a way better strategy. So I just kept filling up this carb tank. And then as soon as it would start to drop, I would get like these really intense food cravings. And so I was the kind of person who I was like, I cannot fast in the morning. I must wake up and eat at seven or 8 a.m. And I have to snack. I need a snack like every hour or every two hours. I'm just that kind of person, but not realizing I was just constantly Mm -hmm. um, managing these carbohydrate stores in my body. And so my body was never able to just get used to tapping into my fat stores and burning that is fuel. You know, it's interesting is as you're saying that when I was coaching a lot and we'd go over people's food diaries that everyone was like, I eat so healthy. Why do I still have hormone issues? Why am I still gaining weight? Like, why do I still have energy issues? Yeah. And they would like what they would have in the morning. And again, like it just has to be a paradigm shift, right? It's like they would do like oatmeal with organic maple syrup right? Or, and bananas. And it's like, that's carbs, 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 toast, right. Toast with, but it has egg on it. Right. And it's like, well, if you have insulin issues, like that little bit of toast is, could, can be very detrimental to you. Like person A and person B can have the same calorie diet. They can eat the exact same amount of toast, but person A puts weight on and person B stays the same, right? Like you yeah. just take your bio-individuality into consideration because your metabolism and your body's relationship to glucose is very different to the person next to you. And so people yes. are coming and saying, I'm eating so healthy. I'm doing a smoothie in the morning, a green smoothie. And I'm like, well, what are your ratios? And they're like, well, five cups of fruit to like one cup of greens, right? It's like, that's just a sugar dump in your body. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like we have to switch those ratios around, add some fat, add some protein to help your body regulate the blood sugar, because that's just like an IV of sugar in your body. Yes. It has fiber. Yes. It has antioxidants. Yes. It has nutrients, but there's still fructose in there. There's still glucose in there and your body, Absolutely. Has, your liver has to metabolize that. 
I'm so glad that you brought up that bio individuality and why that's so important because a lot of people will be saying, so what are you saying? Does that mean that everyone should be on a low carb diet? What do you think about ketogenic diet? What do you think about all these different things? And so around that time, as I started discovering like, whoa, I'm eating all these things that are just raising my blood sugar and then my blood sugar drops and I end up on this carbohydrate roller coaster with my energy. I was like, okay, I got to get this stable. So I started learning more about glucose and all that. And I actually went really intense the other way. And I was like, I should try a ketogenic diet, right? If less carb is better than ketogenic, like pretty much not zero, but very, very low carb very low carb diet must be really good. And for me, like that intensity of going into full keto, it was so intense that it gave me a lot of anxiety and my weight was up and then it was down. And I was just like all over the place. It didn't feel like natural resting health to me. It felt very intense. And so it took me some time to figure out how is my body communicating to me? Like, what is the right amount of glucose and, and pairing certain foods? And so I love that you said that because not everyone should fit into a box of like, you should eat only this and this. It's like, how is my body communicating to me when my energy starts to wane or I get hangry or mm-hmm. how does your body respond to where your hormones feel like they're in sync and they're in balance? Because I also couldn't correct my hormone issues being on full keto either. It wasn't until I found just the right balance where my blood sugar was nice and stable. I wasn't getting food cravings. My energy was nice and stable throughout the day that felt right for my body. Yeah. It's interesting. There was some research that I was reviewing the other day where this has everything to do with what you're talking about, the bio-individuality aspect, but it was talking about different mice with different microbiomes. So the one group of mice had a healthy microbial diversity and the other group of mice didn't. And they fed these mice the exact same caloric diet. And the ones with the microbial diversity, they stayed a healthy weight, whereas the one with the unhealthy microbial diversity became obese or gained weight and their blood work was different. And so what this research was showing was that your microbiome actually directly affects the way your body handles glucose. Crazy. It's wild actually, right? Yeah. So are you eating in a way that helps diversify your microbiome and which will in turn help your body handle your glucose properly, right? Are you in a way that is going to help balance your microbiome and balance your blood sugar and have it just be this perpetuating effect that further drives health, right? So So I love where this is going. I love that you brought this up too, because I think that one of the biggest myths is that blood sugar stability comes from just not eating carbs. And that's not really just it. Like you want to eat the right amount of carbs with proteins and fats, but how many other factors can actually regulate blood sugar? And when you just incorporate those things, it becomes a lot easier because you're not just restricting your food and, and the gut being one of them. I remember when you and I, we both did a training together on short chain fatty acids. Yeah. And what was so cool yeah. is like when you eat vegetables and they interact with your gut microbiome and it makes a short chain fatty acid, that short chain fatty acid activates this process called AMPK. And from that, that actually regulates your appetite for sugar cravings. It activates things that stimulate your blood sugar metabolism. So your body, your cells are going to start metabolizing glucose faster. Your body's going to be breaking down fat stores easier. So your pancreas actually works better. Your cells start responding to insulin better. And that all comes from 
the short chain fatty acid inside of the gut with your gut microbiome, which we have to have a good microbiome for blood sugar balance. Like it's so cool. Where do we get short chain fatty acids from fiber, from vegetables, plants, right? Like when you eat a lot of plants, you know, you can have a hundred calories of plants on your plate, or you can have a hundred calories of toast, right. Or like a bagel with starchy wheat stuff. And that's going to interact very differently with your microbiome, with your blood glucose, because, you know, they have the exact same amount of carbs. Let's say not even calories, same amount of carbs, right? They interact with your body very, very differently. Yeah. People might be listening to this and they might be like, man, this seems really complex and hard. I don't know if I can understand this. Like how hard is it to understand this, Gina? Like I've done your courses and they're phenomenal and I know it's easy, but can you help people really understand like, managing your blood glucose, what can they expect when they start to become experts in this? It's a great question because I think sometimes it's so easy for us to get excited about the science and the mechanisms, which I find interesting, but you don't need to know about mechanisms and even short chain fatty acids to actually make a direct meaningful difference in how your body handles sugar and how it starts burning the right types of fuel. And so I think a basic understanding can completely change your relationship to your health. And I think once you know about blood sugar, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I never realized my body was directly communicating to me when I was eating. And so that's what it's really all about is instead of building all this knowledge on mechanisms, it's how is my body responding to the food that I'm eating and getting really sensitive to that with some skills. So I like to think of it broken down into three ways that we can improve blood sugar that makes it really easy. One is what is the food that you're eating? Having some awareness around it. And when you eat that food, how does it make your body feel? Mm -hmm. When you eat carbs, do you feel more tired? That's a sign that you've had too many carbohydrates, right? Do you end up an hour later feel like you are really hungry or you have more carb cravings in like an hour or two later. And so we're thinking about, okay, am I eating enough protein? Am I getting enough vegetables? Am I getting enough healthy fats? And you get to dial in the carbs for your body. So the first piece that I really like to look at is just having more awareness around what are you eating? And I like to give people frameworks for here's how you need to build your plate. You're going to have the protein, you're going to have your fats and your vegetables, and then let's get good, like modify the carbs based on how your body is responding to it. And that's something I like to do actually in the workshop is like helping people get really sensitive. So most people just are there with looking at what is the food that they're eating and that's what they're thinking. Okay. As long as I just balance my blood sugar with my food, that's going to fix everything, but that's really hard. But really, if you just have a framework and you make healthier swaps that honors your body, it's super easy and it becomes fun. And you're just like, oh, I could eat this and this. You don't have to follow a restrictive diet. You can just get inspired by creating foods, foods or meals that keep your blood sugar really nice and stable. The other two pieces that I've never heard of anybody else teach that people really miss and overlook that would make it so much easier is how well do your cells respond to glucose Mm -hmm. and how well do they burn it as energy? The cool thing is, is there are very easy things you can do to actually make those meaningful changes in your body, like super easy that can lower blood sugar, that can actually increase metabolism, how that glucose is used. And so the one point that I made was the cell receptor. If you have, tell me if I'm like going too far, too deep. (laughs) You're doing great. Keep going. (laughs) 
Hey listeners, I've been a raging Cozy Earth fan for almost a year and here's why. I can actually use their sheets year round as Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulating, which means I get phenomenal sleep. I've recently moved and have sold or given everything away except a few things and you bet Cozy Earth was one of those things because all their products are made from responsibly sourced viscous from bamboo and come with a 10 year warranty. So they guarantee that you will love their product. Luxury, comfort, quality, it's kind of the total package. And if you use the code GUTSY, you'll get an exclusive 35% off your order. I swear, you will love Cozy Earth just as much as I do, and it'll be one of your most favorite products you ever buy. So you eat the glucose, right? But then it's like, how does it get into the cell? Most people have high blood sugar because it's just circulating in their bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And insulin that brings glucose into the cell it stops working because insulin is just oversaturated and it's just, it's like the key doesn't work in the lock anymore. Yeah. So how do we get that key to work better so that glucose can get burned as energy? We want that, right? We want it to get metabolized as energy. We don't want it circulating in our bloodstream, creating inflammation and then getting stored as fat. Mm -hmm. We want it to get pulled into the cell, used up as energy. So we feel really good when we do eat carbohydrates. The cool thing is, is you can improve how well that receptor works and some of that is just through the, their supplements that you can take that improve that cell receptor. And then also when it comes into the cell, how well do your mitochondria take that glucose and turn it into energy or ATP? So how do so, we do that? Like, what are the signs and symptoms yeah. of that? Like, how will I know if my body does well with taking in like sugar from my bloodstream into my cell and my mitochondria turning it? Like, what are the, yeah. what are the turning factors around that? So I think some signs that people would want to look for is if you have that midsection belly fat, that's really stubborn, mm -hmm. that's a sign of high blood sugar and insulin resistance. So that sugar is not coming into the cell and getting burned as energy. It's staying around the belly as belly fat. Also, if you have lab markers that are high, like triglycerides, cholesterol, blood glucose, those markers that are elevated, that means it's staying in the bloodstream and it's damaging the arteries instead of going into cells and getting metabolized as energy. Mm -hmm. What else might being tired or even craving sugar after eating glucose? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that I'm missing that you're thinking no. of? And one thing I kind of just want to go back and explain the mechanism of blood glucose and insulin, if that's okay. Just yeah. People like a bigger picture, right? So what happens is when you eat a meal with carbs, carbs are mostly their carbs. They're made from carbons and that's like sugars, right? And so they have to break down into sugar and that sugar goes and gets delivered throughout the bloodstream, but it can't stay in the bloodstream. It has to be absorbed by cells like your muscle cells and liver cells and all kinds of cells, right? If that sugar that you ate stays in your bloodstream, it creates a lot of problems. It creates a lot of inflammation, a lot of deterioration. So you want it out of your bloodstream and into your cells. And so insulin is the key that opens the doors to your cells and allows that sugar in the bloodstream to enter the cells. And so that's what Gina was talking about. <laughs> and so over a long period of time, if you're eating a lot of sugar, and so your bloodstream is like saturated with sugar, right? You need a lot of keys to open a lot of doors to get a lot of sugar in your cells. And then eventually those keys opening those doors, those doors become tired, 
right? Those are the insulin receptor sites. That's what Gina's talking about. Those doors, they get tired of being open and closed all the time. They become creaky and they're like, no, I'm not going to open just because you have a key anymore. And so they become a little bit more stubborn and that's the insulin resistance. That's the receptor site that's no longer sensitive to the insulin key. And so that's what Gina's saying. Like you can actually, you can become insulin resistant and then you can become insulin sensitive again. So you can reverse that mechanism that I don't want to say damage because I guess it is kind of like damage, but like you can reverse that and have your body become sensitive again. Yeah. That's a cool. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. I just realized, you know, we didn't, we didn't really break down this process, but yeah, that glucose is too high for too long. Eventually we get resistant to all of that insulin in the body. And that is one of the biggest, I think, causes of when our bodies stop responding to using that glucose as energy, it might look like fatigue and stubborn weight loss resistance, but eventually that sugar that's just always in the bloodstream and it's not getting into the cells to be used as energy, eventually that can become cardiovascular disease because that glucose in the bloodstream, it's very sharp and it's very inflammatory and it like creates tiny tears in the arteries. And and so many people are thinking, well, cholesterol is a bad guy. My cholesterol is high, but cholesterol is like what's protecting the arteries. It's acting like a bandaid, right? For the arteries, for glucose, it's really a sharp molecule. And then it damages the brain. So we have things like cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, cancers, or a lot of autoimmune diseases, things where creating inflammation in the body. So we can get those cells sensitive to pulling in that sugar and using as energy. So there might be a period of time where you do want to cut back the amount of glucose that's coming in from the food that you're eating. You might not want to be eating the flours and the breads, especially while you're getting those cells more sensitive. But the cool thing is, is there is an abundance of research on supplements that are actually just as effective as medication. So there's actually, there was 14 different studies that show that berberine was effective as effective as common blood sugar medications. Berberine is magical. It's like magical magical herb on the face of the planet. Like I love, and berberine is good for your microbiome and it's good for like inflammation. It's, it's so amazing. So, okay. So berberine was one of them. What else was a big one? Yeah. Berberine was one. Another one was fenugreek. There was a study that showed that when people supplemented fenugreek, which is just a, comes from a plant, this is an all natural supplement that it actually reduced the post-meal glucose and it improved their insulin resistance. So it actually helped insulin get more sensitive to the cell. So your cells could actually bring that glucose into the cell, burn it as energy instead of creating inflammation and storing it as fat. And so what they found was that it lowered people's hemoglobin A1C, which is a blood sugar marker by 1.4%, which is huge in the hemoglobin A1C world. I know it's not like, oh, 1.4%, that's tiny. When we look at hemoglobin A1C, that could be the difference between a diabetic and being healthy. It's a huge jump. So that was actually equivalent to how effective medication is, how much medication can lower A1C. And so in another study, People who took fenugreek, about half of them were able to get off their diabetes medication by adding in fenugreek. So, so cool, right? It's huge. Like I had no idea. Like that's amazing. And so just doing that and coupled with dietary changes, lifestyle changes, you know, just again, you don't have to completely 
revamp your life, right? Like you can still eat some of your most favorite foods, but it's just doing it with a little bit more wisdom. It's just doing it like couple, like combining certain foods together, maybe portion control, you know, like we don't want you to feel like in order to heal your hormones, in order for you to lose weight, you have to go into food prison, right? Right. All we're trying to do is get you educated on becoming a master at observing like when things go into your body and how it's going to interact with your body. And maybe you can couple certain foods with other foods to help balance that out a little bit more and then supplementation and lifestyle changes too. I mean, like exercise, weight training. A lot of people think like cardio is good for losing weight, but that can actually stress your adrenals, increase your cortisol, which increases your insulin. And then versus doing weight training, which builds muscle and increases your metabolic need. Therefore you burn a lot more throughout the day by just existing. I think people create this big idea that like it has to be this big restrictive ketogenic diet Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really hard. And it's like, just like you said, it can actually just be combining more proteins, more fats, and then noticing how your body responds and then adjusting from there. Mm -hmm. And then when you work in some of these lifestyle things, now your cells are working better. Your metabolism's working better. You get more nutrients that actually take glucose in and turn it into energy faster. So I love teaching people these concepts because they're like, wait, you're saying that if I eat more nutrient dense foods, certain nutrients will actually improve how my metabolism, how my body takes glucose and turns it into energy. It can be a lot easier than what I thought. And there were even some studies that showed people who just get up and stand for a minute every hour have better blood glucose levels than people who sit. Mm -hmm. And so just small things, I think most people really underestimate how powerful it really is. You know, what's interesting is going back to, you know, being smart about the carbs you put in your body, like plant-based variety. And just because I'm coming off of teaching the digestion restoration workshop, you know, the research shows that when you eat a variety of plants, like, and the more variety you eat, then the more variety of bacteria you have in your gut, right? And the more variety of bacteria you have in your gut, the better your insulin levels, the better your body is able to metabolize glucose, the less inflammation you have, right? So going on a ketogenic diet actually restricts you immensely. You Mm -hmm. don't get variety. And here's the thing. Variety in meat is not variety. It's all the same. It's all just protein eating like chicken and lamb and beef and duck. That's not three different foods. They're all still one, (laughs) right? But variety in plants is like, you know, legumes and leafy greens and different types of leafy greens and, you know, eggplant and tomatoes, like there's so much variety. And again, the research just shows when you have the variety, you have met a better microbial balance, better blood glucose, better hormones, less inflammation. Like the list goes on and on and on. So you really shouldn't feel restricted when you are learning how to balance your blood glucose. You're mm-hmm. not going into food prison. You are no. liberated from old stories. People have told you from, can I say this? Not educated dietitians. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd have to say when I was in that place and I first learned about blood sugar, I was like, Oh my gosh, it opened up my eyes. And then I did go into this extreme restriction and it, it wasn't pleasant. It was very intense. And I thought about food all day. I remember keeping logs of like counting carbs. I will never do that again. I will never suggest anyone to do that. It's such a weird head game. You should love what you're eating. It should feel very free 
Mm-hmm. And now I would say I'm in a place where I don't even think about carbs. I've just adjusted into a lifestyle where instead of eating a flour tortilla, I now eat tortillas that are made out of other things that are lower carbs naturally. And I'm still eating burritos and I'm still mm-hmm. eating pizzas and I'm still eating things that I love and healthy foods, but my blood sugar feels stable. It feels stable all the time, but I don't feel restricted. And so that's really the goal is how do you find and make swaps that honor your body that feels really good. And then you'll start to notice inflammation comes down. It becomes easier to lose weight because you're not just burning sugar stores, hormones naturally rebalance. And when, especially once you reverse any insulin resistance, that's where you can really make progress with hormone issues, especially like PCOS. That is a insulin issue. I remember uh, Ben Bickman in his book, why we get sick. He said, uh, PCOS is an insulin disease. That's what it is. It's primarily, it's an insulin disease. And so when we correct insulin and blood sugar hormones, correct. And the body just comes back into alignment when it has the right amount of fuel and it's using it how it should. Well, and here's the thing you guys is no one has taught you this. Like people like this isn't taught it from elementary. Right. And so everyone should understand this. If you want to live a life full of vitality, we should have been taught this when we were young. Right. And so it's not like you're creating a course that is only for people with PhDs and masters in biochemistry. Like this is something everyone can understand and everyone should understand. I always say this, like we should read the manual to our bodies. And this is one of those manuals that we should know because of what we're up against. Yeah. Like we literally live in a country and an economy where sugar is subsidized right? So it's easily accessible. It's cheap. It's thrown in our faces every which way. And so we really should just know like who the defensive players are on, you know, like we should just understand this so that we can make really smart decisions and lifestyle changes because this isn't a diet. This is a lifestyle makeover. If you want a healthy life, you have to change your lifestyle. And it's one that, you know, It's one that when you understand these tools and these concepts that Gina teaches in this class, you want, it's kind of like a marriage, right? Like, and it's a marriage that you, because it's it's forever and it's one that you want to be happy in. And so learning tools that serve you and that don't feel laborious can be actually very empowering. Can I give a really good example? Prison, absolutely. Here. So I think a great example is one thing I didn't know was when you look at something like pasta sauce. Pasta sauce, your average like Prego pasta sauce has as much sugar hidden in it as two Oreo cookies. Mm -hmm. And let's say you're eating two or three servings in whatever your dish is just from the pasta sauce alone. It could be like you're eating four to six Oreos, but let's say you get awareness of that and you're like, man, what if I actually picked it up, started looking at labels and you just chose a different pasta sauce that didn't have all of that sugar hidden in it. Now your blood sugar is stable. And so I I love what you said about just getting deeper with your body and really learning how to listen to it in this lifelong relationship. So I think it's great to start asking these questions. Like maybe if I've never noticed and asked before, how does my body feel when I eat? Do I feel more energized or do I start to feel tired around 3 PM? Do I get hangry? Mm -hmm. Do I have trouble falling asleep at night? Or do I wake up in the middle of the night? And all of these are signs that blood sugar is a little too high or a little too low and it's coming up and it's coming down versus keeping that stability. Your body is always communicating to you and it will give you feedback right away. 
Well, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but just food cravings alone. Do you have food cravings? I have so many people say, I don't know how to come over my food cravings. And they'll say, I've tried to quit cheese. I've tried to quit sugar, but I just can't. Like the craving is so bad. And it's like, you need to understand your blood sugar in order Mm -hmm. to over, like you can't will yourself out of a craving. You have to use your biochemistry. You have to fight chemistry with chemistry. Right. And so instead of trying to force quit something, you Mm -hmm. actually just invite your metabolism to slowly wean it out. Mm -hmm. Like it's so easy. Like, this is what I want to say is this can be easy. Healing can be in flow. You just have to understand the key players here. And so when you can use them in like when you can use them for your benefit, then healing is like floating downstream instead of trying to swim upstream. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be simple. Mm -hmm. And so this is what you teach people. You teach them how to be the experts so that they can make these simple changes so that again, a lot of people, sugar cravings and weight loss and hormones are big ones. Right. Mm -hmm. And feel like it's so hard to lose weight. It's so hard to balance my hormones. This is hard. This is hard. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. It actually can be easy. Your body has the intelligence to fix the problem. You just have to give your body the ingredients to do so, right? Your body's saying, I have the knowledge, give me tools and I will fix this machine, right? But we're not giving it the right tools. So learn how to give your body the right tools to fix itself. Yeah. Designed to fix itself. It's literally in your DNA. So you just need to eat the right tools to switch those genes on. (laughs) So that's right. Itself again. And you'll know, like your body will respond to you right away if you're on track mm-hmm. or not. Like one of my clients, she was eating toast with an egg. Like you had given that example earlier. She was literally doing this every morning and just had food cravings like all the way through to lunch. And then she just swapped out that bread for a bread that was mainly instead of refined flours, it was made of like seeds and nut flours. And she's like, oh my God, I feel great. I eat, I still get my avocado toast with an egg, but the Bread is made out of like seed flours that has more protein and more fiber and more fats. Now my blood sugar is stable. She's like, I feel great. I don't get these cravings anymore. Body responds right away. Right. So Gina, before we close out, can you give people three things that they should be mindful of? Let's say they want to like, they want to sign up for your class. They want to become a blood sugar expert because they want to conquer their cravings and balance their hormones and lose weight in a way that feels in flow. What are some things they can do right now to help them navigate this world of blood sugar before your class? And when is the class, by the way? The class starts October 18th. So it's a four part. It's actually going to be four parts this time. I added on some really fun bonus stuff. Um, I actually have a friend of mine. He's a neurosports performance specialist Mm -hmm. and he teaches how to stimulate the vagus nerve to regulate blood sugar and appetite. So he's going to, yes. Yeah. I'm super excited. I know it's so cool. So good. That's so amazing. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, So it starts October 18th and the biggest things that you could start doing right now is bringing your awareness down into your body. And when you eat carbs and glucose, notice get really sensitive to how your body is feeling. If you get tired, if you get energized and actually look at your plate and see, am I getting a protein and a fat at every single meal, every meal minimum, regardless of how much, how many carbs you decide that you need to eat, your meals should always have proteins and fats with it. And that's something that people easily miss. So start playing with proteins and fats and how your body is feeling eating carbs And another thing that I think is so important is just noticing 
how much stress do I have in my life? Mm-hmm. That's because a, you haven't even touched on that. This podcast. didn't even touch on it and wow. stress. You might not have awareness of it. You might just be busy. Stress dumps sugar into the bloodstream. And yeah. if anyone out there uses a continuous glucose monitor, I've done a lot of testing on my body with CGMs when I'm in an argument with my boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> or I do something stressful, like a cold plunge or cryo that's stressful to my body, which is good. It's stress adaptation, but continuous glucose monitor that is attached to my body will ex- have a huge spike in sugar. And mm-hmm. so if you're living in a state of chronic stress, you will be dumping sugar into your bloodstream. So also, having honest. awareness of that, what's that? Saunas also um, yeah. uh, dump sugar into your bloodstream. And so, because that's a stress response. And so sleeplessness, you guys, I remember when Tristan, he was measuring his blood sugar every morning. And when he had terrible sleep at night, his blood sugar was a wreck. And so make sure that you like one, as Gina said, like, it's funny. I actually did a training like a month ago and she said, an argument will set your body up for inflammation and blood sugar spikes for two days. So it's like arguing for two days. And so, yes. uh Uh-huh. Like it just, so, so be very careful (laughs) with your arguments. And so yeah, stress and sleep, you guys, those are really big ones. And then adding proteins and fats with every single meal. I think that's really, really great tips. How can people sign up? We'll put the links in the show notes, but give give more information. Yeah. If you go to mygutsyhealth.com backslash blood sugar, you can register there. It starts October 18th. If for some reason you happen to miss it, we love it live because you can actually ask questions as you're like, Hey, this is how my body responded, or here's what I noticed, or here's what I have questions on. You can come ask those questions and I'll, I'm, I'll be the one to directly support you. But if you miss a class, they're always recorded. You're going to get all the recordings too. Awesome. Gina, thank you so much. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I think that we summarize it really great with those main tips is that don't wait until it becomes, if your body's communicating to you, be your own research project. If it's giving you that communication, don't wait until it turns into disease. Start exploring, getting to know how it's communicating to you, looking at how you're eating and not underestimating that power of sleep, getting up and moving more, going for a walk and just really dialing it in and and feeling how your body's communicating. Awesome. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. We'll see you at the Mastering Your Blood Sugar. This is honestly Gina's most popular class. It is phenomenal and people leave it being experts. And so I'm excited for this bonus material that you're going to be putting there. I know when I taught my digestion restoration, like you just change everything. Like I changed probably... 50 to 70% of my information, because as we're learning, we're providing more info. And so I can't wait to see what's new this time around. So you guys be there. It's going to rock our worlds. Gina, you're such a good teacher. Like you're such a good lecturer. Like really, you really are. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. I'm just so lucky to have you on my team. So same energy, same energy. I love it. Okay. Listeners, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.